the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. While you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. So let's jump right into it. I've been excited about our uh, upcoming conversation with Karen Hewitt, um, who has written a book called People Power, Transform Your Business in the Era of Safety and Well-Being, a very timely uh, message. And uh, I'm excited to uh, understand uh, Karen's background shared with you, our listeners, and uh, talk about, uh, obviously, how we can uh, all learn a lesson and put it into practice in our uh, respective businesses and lives. So, Karen Hewitt, welcome to the program. Thank you, Shalom. I'm delighted to be here. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you. So, I know you've spent the last decade creating leadership movements and growing engagement in companies that have decided that focusing on worker health and safety is not only the right thing to do, but it also makes business sense. Uh, your book uh, talks all about it, uh, several books, I should say. Um, but Karen, how did you get into this line of work? Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I got into health and safety and the people side of health and safety purely by accident. They say sometimes when you're looking for something, uh, you always find what you're looking for in the last place you would look. Um, I just got offered, uh, through a contact, I got offered a job in health and safety, but really somebody looking for my languages and my people skills and my ability to learn quickly. And I discovered that health and safety is something that everybody cares about because everyone knows somebody that's maybe been hurt or uh, got sick through work. So it's something that gets people really fired up. It's a great leveler. Everyone, because we're all human beings, it puts everybody on the same page. So when I started working in that field, it gave me more of an incentive to improve my people skills and my influencing skills, because in health and safety, there are a lot of technical skills, but there's a, a bit of a gap on the people side, and it's the people skills that make a difference. Absolutely. I completely agree. Again, I'm chatting with uh, Karen Hewitt, the author of People Power, Transform Your Business in the Era of Safety and Well-Being. And uh, I love the title, People Power, um, because ultimately, no matter what line of work you are in, it is the people that uh, that that uh, have the ability to uh, to make or break your business. So in the book, um, you uh, you talk about uh, building an effective health and safety program, which involves three uh, phases. And uh, 
easy to remember because they're all Bs. Uh, Karen, can you tell us a little bit of the, uh, the three Bs that you want our listeners to remember? Yes, I do like to have a little bit of fun when I'm being serious as well. So Build Buzz Bay, as you say, it's really catchy and easy to remember. Uh, it's essentially a formula for building something for good in an organization that really lasts and sticks. Because often um, in business, we get excited about something and we want to create a buzz around it. And if we're really good at it, the buzz will be high impact uh, and will make a difference. But it's, it's really hard to make it last and to make it stick. And the bigger the organization uh, you have, the harder it is to get everyone on the same page and make it stick. So the build phase is really about what are the things you need to design in to your program that you want people to get excited about. Um, you know, particularly it works for health and safety, it will work for other um, sort of top business issues as well. So building the foundations, like really building a house, you know, you could have a great house that looks really pretty and people want to visit it, but it's no good if the house gets subsidence a few years down the line uh, and it doesn't last. And the bake phase, really a, a play on um, cooking and baking in the oven, but actually I found it's a term used a lot in business. Uh, we often talk about how do we bake this into company culture? So what are the things you can do once you've got a buzz around something to really make it stick for the long term? So, mm -hmm. you know, and often in business, we'll invest in something uh, and it takes a lot of money, time, resources to get something up and running. So if you only focus on the buzz, you're not really getting return on investment. But if you go in for the, the build and the bake as well, you're really going to be guaranteed some long term value. Certainly. And I know your first book, Employee Confidence, The New Rules and Engagement, was a finalist in the leadership category of the 2019 Business Book Awards in the UK. And our listeners may not be able to tell from your accent, but indeed, um, that's, I, I know uh, where, where a lot of that influence comes from. And Karen, uh, our listeners are surely uh, wondering, uh, in their respective small business or entrepreneurial world, do these lessons of the build, buzz, bake still apply? Or is this just something in the big corporate world that, that can be put into practice? What's your, what's your message to them? I would say absolutely it does apply. Um, the, all the principles within the buzz phase are really about how do you get people excited about anything. And even if you've got just a couple of employees you still, um, it makes a lot more sense to retain them in the long term and have them engaged and highly productive and doing their best work. So the buzz phase contains a, a really a, a big toolkit for influencing people. And even if you are a small company, you will probably probably be influencing outside of your company because you may work, um, even if you don't have direct employees, you'll have a big network of people and then sort of going horizontally across the build, buzz, bake, if you want anything to last, really, it would be a great formula um, for growing and sustaining a business. And the, the essential part of it is really, if you want people to be engaged in the long term, you need to give them something to care about. I think a lot of the focus right now is on employee engagement for the sake of it. But if you get, if you find a formula that people really care about, then the employee engagement just takes care of it, um, takes care of it itself. And obviously right now 
particularly since COVID, people really care about health and safety and well-being. So it's a fantastic angle, really, to take on running your whole business. And one of the things that uh, I know you emphasize in the book, and I don't want to share all of the uh, all of the secrets um, because mm-hmm. uh, certainly everybody should uh, pick up a copy of uh, People Power, is uh, developing managers to role model these behaviors, but also training all, and I emphasize that word all, employees in basic, basic coaching techniques and active listening. So uh, just in our final couple of minutes on uh, on the program, I uh, would love to uh, just take a, a, a nugget, a homework assignment for our listeners of how can um, how can a small business owner uh, with a lean, mean team, a small group of people, how can they effectively uh, train their their employees, uh, either entry level or even in a senior role, on those basic uh, areas of, like you said, coaching and active listening? I would say first of all, I would create the space for that. Um, And there is so much free content um, out there at the moment on basic people skills. And I often find some of the basic stuff is the stuff that we forget. I don't think you have to have the next bright, shiny thing with people skills. Some of the essential things like just calling people by their name and and creating time and space to listen to people. It's not... um, you know, the latest technology and people skills. It's um, it's something anyone can do, but we tend to be always jumping over ourselves to look for the latest best thing where sometimes the best thing, the basic things are staring us in the face. So I think it's, for me, it's more about creating time for it and letting your people know that they can create time for the learning that they want to do in, in that area. Because People want to feel valued. And if you say this, you know, you learning about these skills is important, then that makes them feel valued. Absolutely. And we're coming to the uh, to the end of the conversation um, where, of course, I know our listeners will be pumped up and excited to pick up a copy of uh, of People Power uh, as we uh, lean towards building that culture of health, safety and well-being. Um, so I've been chatting with Karen Hewitt. Karen, how can people uh, get a copy of, uh, of this book or, of course, your others, Employee Confidence, The New Rules and Engagement? So the new book, People Power, Transform Your Business in the Era of Safety and Wellbeing, is out on 26th of August, but it's available to pre-order now at all your usual bookstores. And if anyone wishes to contact me, um, I'm on www.linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Karen hyphen J hyphen Hewitt. Absolutely. And I know you have a website as well, uh, leaderlike.co.uk. Again, leaderlike.co.uk. And definitely make sure you pick up a copy of the book, People Power, Transform Your Business in the Era of Safety and Wellbeing. Uh, here on Get Down to Business, we are going to squeeze in a very quick break. We'll be joined by uh, Tom Mirabali from Health Insurance, healthplanchicago.com. Again, uh, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Karen Hewitt, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. As always, go to my website, shalomkline.com. 
You can find out uh, so many more tips, advice, and information. One of the best tips and advice that I can share with you comes from my friend, the guru of uh, health insurance, our returning oh, guest, Tom Hervali. Tom, welcome to the program. Hello, and welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Thank you for having me back. How's things going? Absolutely. The guru, the guru himself. I am well. I am well. Thank you. And you and I were just talking offline about some of the calls that you receive. As always, you remain busy trying to trying to help everybody that calls in from uh, AM560. I think you'd help anybody, but I think you probably give VIP treatment to anybody that calls in and says uh, that they heard about uh, you on Get Down to Business. But let's jump right into the uh, into the nuts and bolts over here. Uh, health insurance continues to be something that you know you don't you don't prioritize until you 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 realize how desperate you are. So let's talk about some of those uh, some of those calls that are coming into the uh, Tom Mirabali hotline. Uh, Tom, how have you been helping people these days? Well, yesterday I had a fellow who uh, <clears throat> claims he had uh, some uh, basal cell skin cancer, and I told him um, um, on the short term plans with United Healthcare Golden Rule that there's a five year look back. And um, he said, yeah, but I, it, there's nothing really malignant about it. There's no melanoma, blah, blah, blah. And I said, it's been diagnosed as skin cancer. So, you know, I uh, said, I will call, call you back. And I called the company. And sure enough, they, they said, no, no, it's a present condition. So we cannot insure him for uh, the reason that he has um, uh, a skin cancer. So I called him right back. And I said, unfortunately, the only plan that you can go to is the Affordable Care Act. And he says, that's so expensive and blah, blah, blah. And not all doctors take it. And I said, I'm not going to take an application for you without, you know, telling you that you're going to get declined uh, because that's what the insurance company just told me. And I don't go to other insurance carriers. I mean, I do represent three, four other short-term major medical carriers for the short-term plans. But yeah, why? You know, I mean, if the if the leader of the company uh, of the short term plans, United Healthcare Golden Rule, is going to say, "No, we're not going to take you because you actively have basal cell skin cancer," um, don't go to anybody else because they're just going to tell you no. Also, because um, uh, once it's on your medical information bureau report, MIB is the is the symbol uh, for the. Uh, and the shortness uh, of the Medical Information Bureau report, once it's on there, it, it's on there. So uh, if you sign up for a program thinking you're going to fool the insurance company and all of a sudden, voila, you have a claim, the only thing that the insurance company is going to do is they're going to refund all your premiums. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and uh, all, all kidding aside, that's why we call you the guru, because you take the time to uh, to really help your clients with their needs and obviously, you are a Chicago-based business, um, and as he said, yes. you work with several uh, several uh, providers. Um, but you have uh, you you pride yourself on helping uh, folks that have uh, had trouble getting approval in the past. You can uh, almost always help them find coverage for a lower price than they could expect uh, elsewhere, and uh, that includes uh, HSA insurance needs and everything. So we're having this conversation in the uh, middle to the end of uh, August 2021. How have things changed? How have things changed in the midst of COVID um, uh, with uh, any of the calls that you're receiving? Um, and, and obviously, I know a lot of people that have, have made changes in their professional lives. They may have 
um, shifted jobs. You know, they may have had that moment of reflection of maybe I wasn't so happy doing what I was doing before. Maybe I'm going to get started on my own in business. What are some of those calls that you're that you're receiving, and how how have that how has that need changed? Well, the need has basically changed to the point of. Uh, if we have an afflicted person, let's say we have a family of five people. Now, mom and dad, they're working out of the house. They don't have to go to the, they don't have to go to the office, but they may have been let go. And now they're in their own business. So now they go and have their self entrepreneurship uh, and uh, we get them a health insurance program, which is substantially much less than the group plans. Now, if let's say mom, dad, or one of the children have a pre-existing condition, I take those that person or persons and put them on the Affordable Care Act. And let's say the dad had uh, has insulin-dependent diabetes. He won't get the short-term major medical plans that we offer with no maternity coverage. He would go on the Affordable Care Act, but only himself. He doesn't have to take the rest of the family with, and you're saving thousands of dollars per month by doing what I just said. Take the afflicted person, put them on the Affordable Care Act, and then let's call it, in this case, mom and the three kids. Mom is the uh, applicant and the three children are the dependents, and we put them on a short-term major medical. They save thousands of dollars in premiums and thousands of dollars in deductible expense. Absolutely. And we are, it's, it's, it's crazy to think this, but we are, we are now at the, uh, at the, uh, bottom half of the, uh, of the, uh, 2021 calendar. So are there any deadlines that our listeners should be aware of as it relates to, uh, health insurance enrollment? Are there any, uh, dates that people should be looking at and resources that people should be, uh, doing, uh, their due diligence to get up to speed on? Well, everybody is different. And everybody has their own set of circumstances. So you, we cannot, and this is very unfortunate for me to say this, we cannot count on Washington because even the leaders at the, at the major insurance carriers that I represent, they have no direction from Washington. So the administration, the current administration, Biden administration has no idea what they are doing. Um, the only thing that they did do is they raised uh, and this goes back a couple of months ago, they raised the amount of money up to $106,000 that an individual can make and still receive a premium tax credit. And the premium tax credit is a subsidy paid by we, the taxpayers. An individual making $106,000, that's a lot of money. And then they get subsidized on their health insurance? Really? Okay. Now, next is that uh, as far as Washington is concerned, they're saying, um, uh, well, uh, maybe September, we're gonna stop the open and run, eh, maybe October. Yeah, it's probably gonna last to the end of the year. I cannot get direction from Blue Cross. I can't get direction from United Healthcare, you know, because there's get, they are not getting direction from Washington. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, again, I'm chatting with uh, health insurance guru, Tom Mirabali, um, who prides himself on that uh, on that uh, focus on customer service, taking calls. I know you and I joke all the time, Tom, you don't answer the call 24 hours a day, but you receive the calls 24 hours a day. And in the very oh, yeah. rare 30 minute um, power nap that you take at night, um, if uh, folks uh, call you and leave you a message, I know you get back to them right away. So I want to make sure our listeners know where they can get a hold of you, 
uh, and your team. Uh, can you share uh, website and contact information? Well, my telephone number is 630-3-3477. Again, that's 630-863-3477. And they can email me at tmirabali at yahoo.com, tmirabali at yahoo.com, or healthplanschicago.com um, is the website. Yeah, absolutely. Healthplanschicago.com. Uh, and you have a wealth of knowledge and information on that website. And again, lots of ways for uh, for our listeners to get in touch with Tom Mirabali, an independent agent, and more importantly, the guru of everything health insurance. Tom, appreciate you always coming on the air, sharing your expertise with our listeners and come back real soon. Love to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me and you be safe. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. And be sure to get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download the, the podcast from the past eight plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And speaking of podcasts, get on your favorite podcast app, um, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, and you can uh, subscribe and make sure you rate, review, and share. It really does make a difference and makes it easier for people to find more of the uh, tips, advice, and information that we share on the program. And speaking of tips, Coming up after uh, the headlines, after this quick break, uh, I'll be sharing some tips on 10 effective email marketing tips that your small business can use and put into practice immediately right away. And be sure to check out our uh, our friends, our sponsors, of course, healthplanchicago.com. You just heard from Tom Arabali, as well as Irina Freeman from Chicago Signature Limo. You can find out more about her services at chicagosignaturelimo.com for all of your transportation needs in Chicago the suburbs, and beyond. Again, a quick break. And uh, while you are on the break, make sure you're clicking rate, review, and share on uh, on the uh, Get Down to Business podcast, as well as We All Serve, where I speak with military leaders about leadership lessons learned while they have been in uniform. Quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shalomkline.com, and uh, make sure you uh, rate, review, and share, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. So as promised, I wanted to talk to you about email marketing. So you know we're in an information overload uh, culture right now. There's a growing variety of channels, options out there for sharing information and news. But you know what? Email remains a popular way, perhaps the most popular way for businesses to reach out to interested parties and potential clients and customers. There's countless ways to leverage email to attract and retain customers from sending them special deals or coupons to offering value through educational content and tips. But how you present this information makes all the difference between people engaging with your company and then scrambling to add your email address to their spam list. Uh, I, I talked to a bunch of folks in advance of the show to get their advice, small business owners that are doing it right, or at least from my perspective, I continue to read their emails. So I wanted to share 10 quick tips for you, uh, our uh, fans and listeners here on Get Down to Business, on how you can leverage email marketing for success in your small business. So the first tip that I have at the most basic level is you need to stay compliant. So one of the most important things you need to keep in mind when using email marketing is to stay compliant with the can 
Spam Act. And no, I'm not going to quiz you on this later, but the Can't Spam Act was created to protect consumers from getting unsolicited emails. There's a number of ways that you need to take to stay compliant. You need to make sure you're only sending emails to people who have actively subscribed to your email list. Make sure you use some type of opt-in form on your website where users have the option of signing up for your email list. You also need to make it easy for people to unsubscribe from your emails as well. And personalize your emails. Email has gotten a bad reputation lately, and it's becoming more and more challenging to get a a person's attention via email. Email open rates, click-through rates have consistently been decreasing over time. That's because we're being bombarded. Remember when email open rates were 70 to 90%? Those days are gone, but email still is an effective channel if businesses personalize their email versus just using a spray and pray method. With just about anything, the more you put in, the more you get out. So make sure you're taking the time to put in a personalized message for the people that you're sending it to. And be concise and end strong. As an entrepreneur who does a fair amount of email marketing, I've learned that being concise and brief are the keys to success. Breaking up long pieces of a rant or, or a sermon into short paragraphs and bullets help the reader scan the email and read and interpret the most important details without bogging them down with unimportant details. I generally like to keep marketing emails to about 500 words or less and include PS at the end of the email since most people only read the intro, middle, and endings of the emails. And don't forget visuals. Email marketing shouldn't just be a bunch of words. You need to add graphics, pictures, maybe even embed a video. That's what your audience wants to see. But make sure it's a simple ask. Your email needs to be simple enough for the reader to know exactly what you want them to do. For example, the email could ask them to click on a link to a specific blog post or website where they can learn more about your products or services, or it could ask your reader to schedule a call with you using a calendar link. Or the ask could be to get connected to the right person in your organization. The goal of your email is to prompt the reader to perform some follow-up action, and you will generally see a higher conversion rate if you make it easier for them to do that. And keep testing to see what works. If people agree to receive updates from you, it means they like you. They might even consider doing business with you. That's why your email list is super valuable. Get the best results. Find out what emails people want to see. There, uh, with most email marketing tools, there's things called A-B testing, and you could decide which subject line works best. Do you want to call somebody Elizabeth or Mrs. Parker uh, to determine, again, how you can make it personal? But on that note, be smart with that subject line. Make the subject line short, sweet, and to the point. Shorter is better. And if the message is about an upcoming sale, delineate the specifics in the subject line. If it's about something else, be specific once again. Bad subject lines are the one of the reasons why many emails don't get open. So don't be among that group and track your engagement. If you're tracking engagement on your email marketing, you'll typically be able to send the right amount of information to the people who are engaged the most. There's nothing worse than signing up for a free coupon and getting 200 emails about different offers. Or on the other side, signing up to learn more about something and someone reaches out to you weeks later about it. Don't send emails to anyone who has not opened an email in more than three months. You're just begging to have email deliverability issues. And know the value you're providing to your subscribers. One of the most common mistakes entrepreneurs and marketers make when it comes to email is sending out content that's boring. Just because people signed up for your newsletter doesn't mean that they're interested in the bugs you have fixed on your website or other technicalities. If you have a new product launch, lead it with value on what problem it's going to solve and how it's going to help the customer. Instead of blabbering about how you now have a thousand SKUs and how excited you are, ask yourself, is this an email I would be excited to receive as a customer or lead? And finally, finally, care about your connection. Before you spend hundreds on designs, shiny new tools, grand segmentation schemes, start small. Understand you're reaching out to get to know someone and have them know about you. Make sure your outreach is genuine and focused on being helpful. 
It's just like going to a networking event. Successful people don't try to sell to people there. They interact. They build a rapport. Offer help once you find out that they have a problem that you can solve. But go into it with the mindset that you're here to meet people and focus on that. So I hope you find this email marketing, uh, some of these tips helpful that you can put it into practice as we uh, go into this new phase of, uh, of COVID and the Delta variant. You know, definitely email marketing can stand out if you do it right. So more tips will be available and posted on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can also download the past eight plus years of uh, podcasts and shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Uh, speaking of small business jobs and entrepreneurship, I'll be joined by Vicki Oliver after this quick break. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. Would you believe that one in four workers plans to look for a new job in the coming months? Uh, that's certainly something that uh, is a uh, is a theme that I'm seeing. There's widespread and post-pandemic job hopping. So here to join us with her expertise is Vicki Oliver, who's a leading career development expert and the multi-best-selling author of five books, including 301 Smart Answers for Tough Interview Questions and so many others. Vicki Oliver, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, right on theme with uh, many of the uh, questions that I'm, uh, that I'm hearing from our, uh, from our listeners. But before we get into some of the tips and advice, I'd love to learn more about you, Vicki. Uh, how did you get into this field? And, um, and have you seen anything like what we are going through right now? Thank you. That's a great question. So I got into the field because I was originally working in the advertising business. And I started as a receptionist in advertising, and I grew to be a creative director. And during my time in advertising, I was always, always, always looking for a job. And the advertising business was sort of a revolving door. And at one point, I felt like I am learning more about job hunting even than advertising. And as I began to grow in the field and interview people, you know, to join my teams, um, sometimes people would roll in and they wouldn't know really my name or the name of the place or our clients or anything. And, you know, maybe a hundred times I thought, you know what, I should write a book about job hunting. That's what I should do. And just basically one day I ended up doing that. So that's how I got into the field. I really loved it. Um, I loved it. Was, it, was it was tough, like the first book. It was tough to get it published, but I got it published. And then I put um, my email in the book, and I asked people to contact me with any questions that they had. And I received hundreds and hundreds of emails, and it broadened my research base, and that led to the other book. So that's how I got into the field. In terms of the pandemic, I have never seen anything like this. <laughs> this is earth shattering. This is corporate culture shattering. This is huge, you know? Um, so everything has changed. Everything is different, you know? I mean, it sure we, is. You know, it sure we, is. Absolutely. I'm chatting with Vicki Oliver, again, a best-selling author of several books. We talked about 301 Smart Answers, Tough Interview Questions, but also Bad Bosses, Crazy Coworkers, and Other Office Idiots. That was published in 2008. Um, and Vicki, I agree with you. This is a whole new world we are living in. And I shared a statistic when we opened uh, the segment 
uh, that one in four workers plan to look for a new job. And what you have discovered, um, Vicky, is uh, what is making uh, employees want to leave or potentially stay. So let's get started on in, in I, I want to dig into this. How did the pandemic make workers rethink their career paths? W- w- was there an, just one day with a pandemic, uh, maybe brain cells were mutilated and everybody decided to uh, pick up and leave? How did it work? So I think what happened is that for years, workers really wanted some flexibility that they didn't have a chance to get at most jobs. You know, most people have lives and they want a little flexibility from their bosses and they really weren't given that kind of flexibility. And then the pandemic swooped in, boom, and suddenly all work was remote, right? And there was the learning hassle of like dealing with it, like Zoom and like, how does this technology work? And everybody had to grow and learn. But then once they learned that and once their workplace um, tasks shifted a bit, then they realized, wow, there's no commute. So that's an advantage. It's kind of an advantage staying home, you know, at least part of the time. So there's been like, I would say a seismic shift and workers want flexibility and they want more autonomy and they want to align their values with a company's values. So, it's so Vicky, given the threat of that post-pandemic job hopping, which we are certainly seeing now, I can't tell you uh, how often this is coming up in conversations. What can employers do to retain their employees? Right. So first of all, I would first thing I would say they need to know it's a buyer's market. And they they can't they need to know that workers want a voice in how their companies run. And they can't they're not just like little bees, you know, little employees like they want to have a voice also. And it's tough in this remote environment to do that. But I feel like employers need to try to figure out ways to incorporate their employees feedback and to make them matter. And to say, yeah, we care about you. That's so important. And uh, that uh, that culture, uh, I think, is what you're alluding to over there. So how can employers build a corporate culture that makes workers feel like they're not in a vacuum? Right, exactly. So, you know, it's easy to feel like you're in a vacuum, right? Because you're at home most of the time these days. But I feel, first of all, that some in-person meetings will help break the feeling of isolation, of being just a box on the screen. And I also feel that having maybe Zoom office hours where workers can come to their managers and bring up with them any issues or questions that they might have. Absolutely. I I think that's so important. Um, Go ahead, Vicki. I was going to also say that I also feel it's good to say, yes, these people are autonomous and the teams are autonomous and possibly breaking people together into smaller groups, smaller teams so that they can have smaller Zoom meetings so that there are fewer people and things are more productive. I also think well, you, you've said the Z word and now you've opened up a t- Pandora's box over here. So we're going to have to squeeze in a quick break in a moment. Um, and we're going to talk more about uh, Zoom and a hybrid model, which I know you advocate for. And um, I, again, I'm chatting with Vicki Oliver, uh, author of 301 Smart Answers, Tough Interview Questions and an Expertise on uh, Career Development. Um, so again, Vicki Oliver will rejoin us after this quick break. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I'm chatting with Vicki Oliver, who recently wrote a, uh, a post on expect widespread post-pandemic job hopping, which we know that employee turnover um, really can be a, a complete disaster to any organization. So Vicki's been sharing some of her expertise with our listeners. Um, and of course, we'll make sure that everybody can uh, pick up a copy of her books, plural. Um, but Vicky, you, as I said right before the break, you said the Z word, Zoom, and now uh, you've opened it up. So is it possible for Zoom meetings ever to be fun? Or is it just that that is the most fun we're going to have in imagining it's a game of Jeopardy on the screen? <laughs> yes, um, great question. I do believe that Zoom meetings can be more fun. I'm just going to qualify it. More fun? I think um, you need to figure out a way to break through the technology barrier. And one way would be to ask workers to choose a background that has a special meaning to them, like where they wish they were, maybe, or where they honeymooned, for example, or where they grew up, and ask them to share the story behind their choice. Make it fun to go to the meeting, you know? On a similar note, I think that just starting meetings each meeting with a five-minute icebreaker can also help. Just like what movies did you watch? What books have you read? You know, what's on your mind that's not work-related? Absolutely. Good advice. And um, Vicki, before the break, you were uh, advocating for a hybrid work model to come up with something that that continues that in-person culture, which we talked about earlier, um, because, you know, let's face it, as you just said, Zoom, it, it's really not going to be fun, but it could be more fun. And I like that. I like the way you put that. So how does uh, a small business uh, that might be tuning in to get down to business this evening uh, build that hybrid work model that actually works? Yeah, great question. So first off, I'd say decide which days should be the ones that everyone comes together in person. And I would say, you know, make sure there's a reason for people to come together. And some reasons might be, for example, a Monday morning quarterback meeting or a new business pitch practice session. Some reason why they should come, you know, not just to sit around in their isolated queues, right? And second, I would say shift the mindset to being task-oriented and not personality-oriented. This is the big difference because if there's a fewer amount of times that we're brought together, personalities don't matter as much as getting the tasks done. You know, you can give your employees a voice in when those in-person meetings should be. And um, on days when employees are home, give them the autonomy and the flexibility, like give them the trust and know that they're going to complete their tasks on time and well for you. Absolutely. And through all of these steps, which I know we've just uh, sort of touched the surface, but through all of these steps, uh, you can build an organization that will be the envy of, uh, of as you said, that, that buyer's market um, as you look to fill those positions, but certainly also keep uh, your employees in building that culture. And, and certainly, as we said, one in four employees looking for a, uh, looking for a new role. So uh, definitely we want to make sure that our listeners are empowered standout. So Vicki Oliver, you've written several books and I know you have uh, a thriving practice. How can people get in touch with you and uh, learn more about all of your writings? Thanks so much for asking. Uh, my name is Vicki Oliver and the website is VickiOliver.com and that's Vicki with a Y. And there's information about all my books and they're all also available on Amazon and in bookstores and other places where books are sold. So 
Reach Absolutely. And they are great books. They are great books. So Vicki Oliver, thank you so much for joining us and uh, be sure to stay in touch because uh, I know this is not an issue that's going away anytime soon. Vicki Oliver, thanks so much for joining us. That's a wrap for us here on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Hope you learned a lot from our from our guests uh, and through our conversations throughout the program. Um, all of our shows are posted on our website, shalomkline.com and are available on your favorite podcast app. So make sure you click uh, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And be sure to check out our sponsors, healthplanchicago.com and chicagosignaturelimo.com. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next time at 6 p.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.